Hi, everyone. Just wanted to touch base real quick before we jump into this week's episode. Because this season we are highlighting some very highly publicized matters, I will be including updates along the way as cases progress. For those of you that turned into last week's episode, I can report that Mr. Halderson was found guilty of all eight counts and his sentencing is set for mid-March. We'll keep you updated on that case along the way, as well as updates on all of these highly publicized cases that we're going to be talking about this season. Let's dive into it. This is Zealous, an in-depth look behind the scenes of legal matters straight from the attorneys of Gimbel Riley, Garen, and Brown. Welcome to Zealous. I'm your host, Brianna Meyer, and this is the place to immerse yourself in the legal world. Today, I'm here with returning guests, Max Stevenson and Megan Drury, two incredibly talented family law attorneys here at Gimbel, Riley, Karen, and Brown. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you. Today's topic, I think, is kind of exciting, but I also love reality TV. (laughs) And we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's divorce. Now, obviously, we are a Wisconsin law firm. We practice Wisconsin law, so we're not going to get into the specifics of California legal implications or anything like that. We're mostly going to focus on what this would mean if it was in Wisconsin. So nothing that we're saying today should be construed as California legal advice by any stretch of the imagination. Um, We're talking about Wisconsin law. I also have a couple more disclaimers for our audience. And, you know, we have not seen any of the file documents. So this is going based off of news reports, uh, you know, what the parties have posted on social media, um, nothing that's official. And we're going to try to break this down as much as possible. But I'm going to assume that people listening know at least who Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are. So we don't need to get into the history of the two of them. Um, But the the starting place, I guess, is in February of last year where Kim filed for divorce after seven years. They have a prenup in place. If they were in Wisconsin, would the prenup automatically rule or would could something else happen to change circumstances? So um, the statute for property division, let's unpack this a little bit. The statute for property division, which is the last thing a court will look at, presumes in Wisconsin that everything's marital and everything will be divided 50-50. The court can deviate from that or rebut that presumption based on a number of factors. And that includes the length of the marriage, assets brought to the marriage, and any marital property agreement, which is actually what prenups are called. We call them prenups because it's before nuptials, before they're married, but they're called marital property agreements. And essentially what we do in Wisconsin is where creating a document that re-identifies, or I should say maintains an identity of individual property, despite the fact that the parties are getting married. So it never transitions to marital property. So Mm -hmm. they're presumed binding in Wisconsin. Okay. As it relates to property division. But not as it relates to probably like joint custody of children or or something along those lines. There's not a circumstance, but I'll let Megan take that one. So generally, marital property agreements would not be addressing custody of children Mm -hmm. or placement or anything really related to the kids. It's strictly related to 
dividing the property. Mm-hmm. When Kanye filed his response, he agreed with Kim to joint custody. Does that mean that it's joint custody forever or can it be revisited? So it doesn't mean that it's forever. Um, but it does mean that right now they will be making decisions about their children jointly. So when they can marry, join the military, really any of those major decisions for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly could be amended in the future. If there's a change in circumstances, if something happens, one of them could certainly file to get it changed. Okay. Um, one thing I want to point out, yeah. if we're talking Wisconsin law versus uh, California law is, mm-hmm. I don't know what California identifies as custody, but in Wisconsin, we have legal custody and we have physical placement. Okay. So custody in Wisconsin means like Megan kind of outlined the legal decision-making authority. Mm-hmm. Placement is the actual time the kids spend with each parent. And it's one of the driving variable variables behind child support. Got it. So in, in this case, we're not sure what they're necessarily talking about when it comes to the kids, but it looks like they might have some sort of agreement as of right now. Correct. And I'm (laughs) assuming it's temporary based on the fact it looks like there's other stuff going on since then. (laughs) I think there's been a lot going on since then. Um, One thing too that I, I noticed is that Kanye in his response agreed with Kim that Um, there wouldn't be any spousal support or in Wisconsin maintenance Mm -hmm. um, for either party. How common is it that there are two parties divorcing that both can stand, you know, have been able to develop their careers fully while raising kids and there's no question that there's no support needed? How common do we see that? Well, generally, I mean, spousal support or alimony, as you'll see it called, is based more on the length of the marriage. So here in Wisconsin, in the court's eyes, seven years would not be considered a long-term marriage. Mm -hmm. So it would be not common that you would see a spousal support payment or alimony to be ordered. Okay. Um, Let's say it was like a a 20-year marriage. Things change, right? That's more along the lines of a long-term marriage in the court's eyes and where you would see maintenance or alimony being on the table. Okay. That's very interesting. I learned something new today. (laughs) Let's jump. So everything gets started. Kanye um, in November sits down for an interview and says a bunch of wild things. Uh, One of them being that he hasn't seen any divorce papers. What are the, I mean, I know we're speculating here. What are the chances that he actually has not seen one piece of paper related to the divorce. (laughs) I find it hard to believe Mm -hmm. because typically, at least with Wisconsin divorces and responses, um, you're either, you're signing yourself in response, seeking out your own Mm -hmm. divorce essentially, or items that may go along with the divorce. Mm -hmm. So I find that hard to believe now. I won't comment on Kanye right. in any other fashion, <laughs> except for, I mean, I, I don't follow the Kardashians much, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a Kanye West fan. And I think well, that yeah. everyone knows that with Kanye, you're going to have to guess what comes next. And That's this just true. seems like one of those moments. Something else that he says in this interview, and it's kind of been a recurring theme throughout is, you know, he says that his kids want their parents to stay together. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago, he's posting on social media how he hasn't been allowed to his daughter's 
birthday party and another family member had to tell him where it was because Kim wouldn't respond. Um, so, you know, I think my coming from the little experience I have with family law, you know, I see this and I think that the kids are kind of being maybe used as a tool here. I don't know for what, um, but what kind of impact do you guys see on kids when they're all of a sudden brought into the center of a divorce? I mean, you never want to see kids being brought into the middle of things. And I think that's one common thing we tell clients is not to be talking to your kids really, no matter how old they are about Mm -hmm. what's going on. And so it's sad, I guess, to see that here, if they really would be in the middle of things. Um, but generally, I mean, we would advise not bringing your kids into the middle and telling them what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, these kids are, are, are relatively young and you do have to balance the fact that they live this lifestyle that no one else lives where all their business is out there. Um, but I would think, and again, I I don't know, but I would think it would have some sort of effect on them if they're being used as a a way to get media on the side of one party or the other. Here's a weird, I don't know if weird's the right word. Here's an interesting piece is that Kim files in December to be legally single. First of all, in Wisconsin, can you even do something like that where the divorce is still proceeding, but you are technically single? I have never come across that mm-hmm. term, but who knows? I guess it doesn't mean it's not out there, mm-hmm. but I've never encountered it. Okay. The prohibitions in Wisconsin, I guess the best thing I can liken it to is you're free to engage in any relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's even if you were married, there's nothing that's legally preventing you mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin's a no fault state. So it's not like having an affair is going to somehow harm right. you in a divorce case. Um, there's other issues that come up, I think, with starting a new relationship and introducing those individuals to children. I think that becomes a problem mm-hmm. um, that in Wisconsin courts are it's taken very seriously. And then also in Wisconsin law, if you are divorced on January 1st, you cannot remarry anywhere else in the world for six months. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of intricate statutes that go with trying to defeat that presumption but yeah the general rules you can't remarry for six months after your divorce so if that I don't know kind of answers that piece but yeah I don't know what filing to be single means yeah I mean that's totally fair when I read it I was like I, that yeah filing to be single is kind of synonymous with filing for a divorce in my opinion yeah um but I it looks like there might be specific California issues with this um one that I thought of is that she has made it, Kim has made it clear she wants to drop the West from her name, which to her is a big deal because branding and all that, which who knows, maybe being legally single does speed up that process. What has been your guys' experience with divorce in Wisconsin? How big of a deal is it for people to either keep their married name or drop their married name? Does this tend to be a point of contention? I've never seen it as a point of contention. In fact, mm-hmm. it's super simple one way or the other. If you want to keep your married name, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back to it, that's fine. There will be an order reflecting that and super easy. 
Okay. I think some parents will do it to keep the same name as the kids, but that's the most I've ever seen it discussed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's more so if your uh, billion dollar empire is directly connected to your name, probably yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. else. Um, now the last, well, I should not say the last, there's many pieces of this puzzle, but in December, late December, Kanye bought a house neighboring Kim's house. What, do we think that this is an advisable move when it seems like they're not on the best of terms to be neighbors with your soon-to-be ex-spouse? I know that's a really vague question that's probably hard to answer, but to me it seems a little oh, a little iffy. Unless there's a lot of contention and an mm-hmm. injunction between them that would prevent it. I don't see why he would be legally prevented from buying a home next door to hers. I've seen cases in Wisconsin where parents do that to kind of maintain a proximity for the mm-hmm. children. Yeah, nice so yeah. That was going to be my follow-up is, do you think that this is something that can actually benefit kids to have parents that are able to live basically next door to each other? I've seen it work. Yeah, I think I've it would it be super yeah. easy. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk now about mass media attention and what kind of effects that can have on a divorce, because I think it wouldn't be a complete discussion of these two if we didn't talk about the insane level of media attention. Um, I did a a Google for Kim Kardashian West divorce, got a little less than 30 million results. I did one for Kim Kardashian divorce, uh, got a little less than 52 million results. So it's definitely something people are talking about. And we have to assume that on some level that they're used to this, but let's take it back to maybe a couple getting divorced in Wisconsin. And even if there's one Facebook post about their divorce or, or one little snippet because they own a business together and there's something in the news, what kind of effect does that tend to have on a person to see their personal information brought out to the public? I think it just adds stress on an already highly stressful situation. I mean, I can't imagine going through a divorce so publicly Mm -hmm. with this many people invested in what's going on and the outcome. And I think, I really think it just compounds the amount of stress that's already there in this process. Yeah. Max, I want to ask you a little bit about court documents and protective orders and things along that line, because Obviously, there's going to be a crazy amount of requests for the documents associated with their divorce. What are ways in Wisconsin that people can protect themselves from the public getting their hands on specific court documents? It's really hard in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. because we have an open records law here where the public has access to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only in very extreme circumstances will the court enter a protective order where something is sealed from the public's view. Um, generally financial disclosure statements in Wisconsin are private and we've gone a step further with business owners who want to protect maybe proprietary information. Um, but that's probably the extent to which you're going to get a lot of that just because of the fact that it's a, it's an open, you know, forum for everyone to come in and listen to hearings and Mm -hmm. look at court documents and, I would say maybe paternity cases generally are sealed just from the get-go and establishment of paternity or an adjudication. I think those are sealed from the start until final adjudication. 
and final like judgments on placement and custody and those things. But otherwise, it's going to be tough to get stuff sealed. Okay. And I, you know, I will admit, I did look to see if I could get my hands on some of the documents and LA County does require payment. Do you think that that tends to slow people down in the process and maybe can keep some information private? I mean, it's probably pretty minimal. How much mm-hmm. did it ask you to pay? I didn't look at that. As soon as I saw payment, I said, no, thank you. I'm not that yeah, interested. But like, if, I imagine like if <laughs> like, you're like a publication or something that this is what you do, you're probably like, oh, like 50 it. bucks, 100 bucks, yeah. who cares? Yeah. I doubt it's prohibitive okay. enough. You know, it's and in Wisconsin. I don't know the last time I went in and tried to look at a file, but I don't think there's a chart. I think you get charged for making copies. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 10 cents a piece. Yeah, unless yeah. you're a member of the bar in mm-hmm. some counties. Unless you do for free. Mm, look at that practice fun tip. fact. Pra- practice tip from Max Stevenson. I like it. Uh, a little bit more on all this mass media attention. There are um, constant rumors of their, their dating life. You know, there's the Pete Davidson thing. There's the whole Julia Fox thing. When you guys have clients and maybe their soon-to-be ex-spouse is in a new relationship, what kind of impact can that have on the divorce proceedings? I think it can be very broad. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to put it, it can impact financial negotiating. If you have somebody who's talking in your client's other ear, telling them what they think they should get, and I think it can dramatically impact custody and placement. Um, I talked about earlier, not introducing your children to new significant others. And there are a lot of cases um, where we put in provisions that say you won't introduce someone until you've been with them for X period of time or until the other parent can meet the new Mm -hmm. significant other or until you're engaged or you're married, like those types of things. And that's just to make sure that you're not introducing kids because kids thrive with stability. Mm -hmm. And if you're dating, that's great but it shouldn't be something that impacts the kids where they may grow an attachment to somebody who's not going to be there for the long run. Totally fair. I'm imagining Northwest and and Pete Davidson just hanging out. So (laughs) (laughs) along similar lines, I mean, do you think that, I guess it depends on the person, right? Because sometimes that can really inflame emotions when you see an ex with someone new and be happy. Um, What's, how do you guys try to mediate that situation and not let the emotions take over? And at least a lot of cases I've had where it is that emotional mm-hmm. with a significant other, I, I basically tell my client they shouldn't come to court hearings mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you're not really, they're not seeing each other as often. And if they are, it's, that's just life and they mm-hmm. have to grasp that. But I think it's, a bad play and in bad taste to show up to a divorce hearing with your new significant other sitting yeah. there. And and that does not go over well. I've not seen it go over well. So yeah, I can I can imagine that that would not be a fun situation yeah. to be in. We've got to talk up well, we don't have to talk, but we should talk about all of the Kanye of it all. Um, and I want to start first with this new thing where he punched either like a fan or an autograph seeker. And now there's an open investigation of assault. Who knows what's going to come from it, but Megan, correct me if I'm wrong. It's probably not the 
best idea to subject yourself to potential criminal charges when you're in the middle of a divorce? I would agree. I mean, it certainly could have impacts on custody and placement of the kids, potentially other issues. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't aware of this incident, but certainly not a good look or a good move when you're in the middle of a divorce that's impacting your children. And then uh, compound on top of that, his new song where he's talking about wanting to beat up Pete Davidson. Um, You know, how easy do you think it would be for someone to be like, all right, so he punches people and he threatens to punch people. And I know that music can't be taken too literally ever. um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, just it adds, it adds to the narrative and, you know, likely not a good look for him. I don't know how much his lyrics in this new song are going to have on certain issues in the divorce related to the kids, but probably better just to stay away from that. Yeah. And like I said, I know any musician, you can't read too much into lyrics, but when he specifically, I think the lyric is something about like, I survived that crash. So I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. (laughs) It's, it seems pretty direct. (laughs) Yeah, that is um, not good. Yeah, not not good at all. On a a way more serious note, um, Kanye has had very public mental health issues, and I I want to be very clear that I don't think that people deserve to be punished for things that are outside of their control or for mental health, and we definitely should not be shaming people. Um, but Kanye has been vocal about refusing treatment. Um, what sort of impact could this have on his divorce? You know, at what point does a judge say you need to try your best at least to, to get better for the sake of your, of your kids? Max, do you have any experience and stuff like that? Yeah. So if, again, we're in a Wisconsin court and we have someone with mental health or we have concerns about their mental health, let's Mm -hmm. put it that way on whatever spectrum, whether it's a minor issue or they've exhibited some serious behavior that's concerning. Um, If it's something that can impact the children, Mm -hmm. the courts will not take it lightly. They may order psychological evaluations or mental health assessments. Mm -hmm. They may order them to seek out treatment or not see their children. And that's something that is not irregular. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens quite a bit. And that's just because It's not to shame people uh, who have issues with their mental health. Mental health is health, just like any other physical Mm -hmm. health. And it has to be treated, but the courts care about how it impacts children. And it can really impact children if their parents are not seeking out the appropriate treatment. Right. And and who's to say what's actually going on behind the scenes? All we know is the the public facade um, that we get another and this is the last the last Kanye thing that we'll talk about um he is going to have another interview drop soon this publication has been teasing it for quite a while um and there's when we're talking about criminal law everyone's heard everything you say can and will be used against you does that also apply in you know, in a divorce trial, are they going to be able to pull these transcripts and, and use any contradictions he makes in them? Not on a constitutional level. Right. But I mean, yeah, I, 
if you put stuff out there, we tell clients don't post stuff on social media. Social media is not your friend during a divorce. People sometimes see it as an outlet. Uh, yeah. And it's just not a good outlet because you're putting it out in the public and it'll come back um, to haunt you in a divorce proceeding. It's just, it's not wise. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, another tip from Max Stevenson would be don't tweet about how angry you are at your soon-to-be ex-spouse. I mean, <laughs> you can say, I mean, it's, that's, yeah, but if it, it usually it's like people post these big, long things about how bad the other person mm-hmm. is or how they're keeping mm-hmm. their kid from them. And it, it doesn't help their case. It's not necessarily going to hurt it. In worst case scenarios, it can hurt their case. Right. Um, in best case scenario, it doesn't look that great in court and they're kind of just annoyed with it. So totally. Totally. Yikes. Well, um, I think we should jump into some predictions. Again, these are predictions. These are guesses. They're not anything to be taken as legal advice whatsoever. Um, but it, it's fun when celebrities are involved to kind of guess what we think might happen. And my first question for you guys is, do you think there will be litigation until the last child turns 18? Because typically, at least in Wisconsin, you know, that's when people stop fighting about the kids because the kids are no longer legally children. Um, do we think that this is going to be lengthy, I guess, is a better way to put it. If it were in Wisconsin courts? Yeah. Yes. Purely speculative, but yes. Given how it's gone, given what we've seen of them in the media, mm-hmm. I would say it goes on a long time, unfortunately. Do you think that, you know, we talked a lot about social media and they, um, Max would not be happy with how much they're posting about the divorce. Uh, do you think that they're going to continue with this transparency or this, I mean, some could argue a faux transparency, um, or do you think there's potential for one or more lawyers to be like, we need to shut this, this down? I don't think they have an option. I mean, yeah. Public figures. Mm-hmm. Their lives are yeah. so entrenched in the media. Mm-hmm. I see it continuing that way. Yeah. Okay. If we were in Wisconsin, when we talked about protective orders, do you think that this case with so many assets and so many companies, do you think that this is a case that's kind of ripe for protective orders that we were talking about? There's some aspects, certainly not everything, but I think there'd be some aspects as it relates to, um, I don't, I don't know how their businesses are set up. I don't know. I, I, I frankly don't know anything. Yeah, about that's their fair. Businesses, <laughs> that's <but> fair. <laughs> the fact that they're high uh, net worth uh, assets and probably a lot of them deal with businesses that have proprietary information that's probably going to be sought out. Okay. Okay. And uh, the last one, even though we're not quite sure what being legally single is, do we think Kim's going to be legally single soon? <laughs> Your guess is as good as I mean, one way or another, she's she'll she'll be single at some point. Yeah. That's true. She will be yeah. she will be single at some point. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe Kim and Pete will be the next ones to what? Yeah. <laughs> well, nah. thank you both so much for taking time to talk about this. I know that it's it's not Wisconsin and it's it's all almost fantastical when we're talking about things on this scale. Um, but I do think that there are some 
key takeaways that maybe people in Wisconsin going through divorce can relate to on some level. Right. Thanks, Bree. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Zealous. This series is brought to you by Gimbel, Riley, Garen, and Brown, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you think you need a lawyer, contact us at grgvlaw.com. Tune in for our next episode and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode of Zealous.